So what, what seems to be the problem that's common among these allegations of racism? So out of the nearly 10,000 complaints that we receive on an annual basis, the overwhelming majority of those relate to race and racism. What appears to be fairly common um, are the kinds of insults that black South Africans often have to experience and endure. Uh, the use of the K-word, uh, the use of the word baboon and so on, uh, which is constantly being used. And those are usually the milder forms of cases that we receive. The more extreme forms involve violence, and, and we're also monitoring the situation in the Northern Cape, uh, where four white students um, brutally raped a black student using a broom handle. Uh, so this is the extremes of the kinds of cases we deal with on an annual basis, and it's deeply concerning for us, particularly when we see an increase in these kinds of cases at schools, where young people, we assume, uh, would be untainted by our uh, apartheid legacy and history, and yet seem to have been brought into the fray with the question of race and racism uh, expanding to schools as well. So is apartheid really the problem here? The president says that the problems in South Africa started after Jan van Riebeck landed at the Cape. Would you agree? I think that the situation is a multifaceted and very complex one. And in fact, we are dealing with the allegations of hate speech made by the president um, and uh, with respect to the unconstitutional comments, I'm unable to comment more specifically on that. Uh, We're looking into that allegation as we speak. Uh, But what I can say is that the situation is very multifaceted. You can't simply look at race without looking at the question of socioeconomic conditions in South Africa, without looking at the uh, divide between wealthy and poor, and without looking at issues such as culture, language, and religion. All of these things are intertwined, which makes the situation in South Africa particularly complex. In in casual conversations, often many South Africans would say, oh, I'm colorblind, I I don't see different race groups. One of your commissioners says it's time for us to talk about our differences. Is that where we need to start the conversation, rather than pretending we don't see race? Um, I, I'm afraid that, yeah, pretending that we don't see race is not an, uh, a solution to this particular uh, challenge we face as a society. I think that we have to acknowledge the past and the history that this come from, and we have to face this demon head on. Uh, having said so, it's been 21 years since our democracy. In countries such as the United States, where it's been 60 years since the end of the civil rights movement, you, for instance, find today that schools are more segregated in the U.S. than they were in the 1970s. So 60 years after the the end of the civil rights movement in a fairly developed country with lots of resources, they continue to struggle with this issue. And I think it's, it's quite... Um, uh, and understandable that has South Africa uh, with the history that we have that we are going to continue to deal with this issue for generations to come. So what we need to do is to lay the foundation uh, for our uh, young children, grandchildren who will hopefully be able to reap the benefits of our interventions at this stage but I'm afraid it's going to be with us for many, many years to come. Can the Human Rights Commission do that when you still require an extra 26 million rand in your operational budget from government? This is a huge challenge for us, and I'm glad you raised this. Given how stretched we are at the moment, um, it is becoming increasingly difficult to deal with these issues on a regular and daily basis. Besides the usual complaints management process, what we've come to realize is that we need to deal with racism in a more systemic way by going into communities through education awareness campaigns, uh, focusing on the curriculum, ensuring uh, that teachers are trained to be able to deal and engage with this issue. And this takes an immense amount of resources. So while we've uh, campaigned alongside civil society organizations uh, using the Know Your Constitution campaign platform, for instance, we have also lobbied 
Parliament for additional resources. And unfortunately, while Parliament has been uh, supportive, at least um, uh, paying lip service to the fact that we need additional money, they have not come through with providing us with that additional resources. So we are struggling as an institution to ensure that we're able to deliver on our constitutional mandate. For citizens that, that want to build that mutual respect among different race groups, how can they do so when they're faced with so many socioeconomic difficulties, the inequalities continue to persist? This is the crux of the matter. I think we can bring people around the table from different race groups and, and talk to them about their differences and begin to find ways of living together. But then they leave the boardroom and they go back to their respective homes in the northern suburbs of Johannesburg and into a township um, in one part of Pretoria, for instance. And so the lived realities of people... Um, is often difficult to reconcile, and this is clearly where we have significant limitations as an institution. We recognize that while we can deal perhaps with the question of race and an individual case of racism, we have difficulty looking at the broader issues of socioeconomic disparities that you allude to, and which I think are absolutely critical in exacerbating the kinds of challenges we face as a society. So if we don't deal with questions of service delivery, with questions of socioeconomic divides, or the Gini coefficient that's growing in South Africa, then we are unable to effectively deal with the question of race and racism.